Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. The old me came to town And I sat beside him at a seaside bar Slipping through his hands was your photograph As he let go of everything he knew I still feel like I'm letting go of you I still feel like I'm letting go of you Cause those were the days But something was wrong I looked you in your face And I told you that my love was gone That's when it left I chased love like a younger man Tried to find someone to make me right I know now no one can You emptied me of everything I got I still feel like I'm letting go of you I still feel like I'm letting go of you told you that my love was gone That's when it left Welcome to the 9420 podcast. That was Oxygen by Logan Pilcher, and he may sound familiar because he actually was featured twice on the podcast because he did, um, or he was featured in a song that was um, done by Gabrielle Grace, who was in our last episode and in episode 11 as well. Hi, Carl. Hi, Greg. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Hello, Nicole. Doing well, doing well. It's been a weird week. Yeah. It really has. It really, well, it's been a weird year, but. Yeah. It's been a weird, you know, you know, it's, it's funny. I'll just jump into it. I, I would, for some reason, some people, when they die, it, it sounds, it, it bugs me a little bit, you know, others more than, than some, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Eddie Van Halen, you know, dying kind of, kind of affected me a little bit. Cause he was like, cause I don't know whether you liked his music or not. This is my opinion. Whether you liked his music or not, the guy was an amazing guitarist. And if he asked me, he reinvented the guitar, you know, even, even as much as, 
even maybe more so than Hendrix. You know, Hendrix might have been the pioneer of the electric guitar, but Eddie V just took it to places that I remember because in the, in the, when he came out, when Eddie V first came on the scene, like in the late 70s, I was in local bands, you know, my, in high school bands. I was a lead guitar player. I was like from the Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton School of Guitar. But then when he came out with all that hammering and that speed and that precision, hey, forget I gave up. I just couldn't do it. It was just too intense. You know, I couldn't. And he just like, forget it, man. He just changed the instrument as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, so again, regardless of his music, his, and you know what's great about him too? You know, I have a funny story about him. From back in the day. Back, back in the day. You know? <laughs> when I was, um, you know, an artist in the, uh, probably the early nineties, there was this, there was this woman who wanted to manage me. Uh, her name was, uh, Lori Day Workman. And her husband was this guy, Jeff Workman. And Jeff Workman was, I think I've mentioned him before, cause he used to be Roy Thomas Baker's engineer who produced Queen. So he recorded all the night at the opera Queen. That's why I know all these Queen stories. Cause Jeff told me them cause he was the engineer on those sessions. But after that, Jeff went on to produce himself. And one of the people he produced was, um, Sammy Hagar in the early days. So then when Sammy Hagar, you know, they stayed friends and Sammy Hagar, you know, became the singer of, of um, Van Halen. Anyway, long story short. So Lori, they lived out in Denver. So Lori flies us out, flies me out to Denver back in the early 90s to meet her husband, Jeff. And they were going to manage me. He was going to produce me. So when we got there, we hung out. And he goes, and Jeff says, hey, man, I got this um, a surprise, you know, and he got tickets. He, anyway, he got backstage tickets to see um, Van Halen at Fiddler's Green. So we go, oh, cool. You know, again, I wasn't a big fan at the time, but, but well, you know, it's backstage. So I went, and when you watch Eddie V play backstage, I was on the side of the stage watching him. You see him play. You know, when guitarists, when they play, they make all these faces and contortions, like they're doing something hard. You know, they're going, and, and just moving like they're, they're, Eddie V would do this amazing stuff. And he'd just be standing there smiling like nothing's even happening. Like it was effortless, you know? Anyway, I go, it's just amazing. Anyway, so we're backstage, and I smoked at the time. This is my Eddie V story. I smoked at the time, and uh, so we're backstage, and Jeff brings me back, and I meet uh, Sammy, and I met Alex's brother, and uh, Michael Anthony, and then Eddie comes up to the group, and he goes, you know, hey, Carl, this is um, this is uh, Eddie. I go, hey, Eddie, what's happening? And, and literally, I was backstage. I had no cigarettes. I was out of cigarettes. And Eddie was smoking. I said, Eddie, you got a cigarette? And he goes, sure. So, so he he uh, takes out a cigarette from his pack, hands it to me, and I drop it. So we both bend down together to pick up the cigarette. And oh, we bump wow. And we bump heads. Wow. <laughs> and like really hard. He goes, holy crap. So he goes, I say, hey, man, I'm sorry, man. Thanks. Anyway, so then he, then he takes off. I go, oh, man, I insulted Eddie, you know. He comes back three minutes later. He must have went to his road case and got me a pack of Winston from his road case and hands it to me and says, hey, man, I know it's like not to be out of cigarettes, to be out of cigarettes, you know. So um, he was just a great guy. But, I, I yeah. didn't have a, much of a relationship with him. We talked about 10 minutes. But he was just a really nice guy. Those you know, are, there have been, you know, thousands of those stories this week because, and and that's the that's the overriding kind of narrative of the whole thing is that the, this guy is a bona fide, you know, uh, game changing rock star, uh, and and you know, and he's he's in the middle of uh, you know show prep, and he goes to his guitar case and get gives some random dude. 
a pack of cigarettes. I mean, that's, cigarettes. The, that's, and, kind of, that's the kind of guy he was, right? And, and just to tell you the difference with him and Eddie and David Lee Roth, I, I heard, I know this story from David Lee Roth. Oh, my is goodness. That, yeah. No, no, it's like back in like the, the 80s, you know, you know, talking about, you know, um, record deals and, and, and working for other people and, and, and artists working on other artists' records and stuff. David Lee Roth always called Eddie a fool for not taking any money or any percentage for playing on Michael Jackson's Beat It. Michael Jackson asked Eddie, Eddie Van Halen to play the lead on this on Beat It, you know, mm. and he just went there and did it for fun and just did this amazing lead. And that was it. Didn't even take a dime, you know, went back. David Lee Roth says, Eddie, you're an idiot. You know, what are you doing? You played, you know, the, the, you made like probably the, the, that song, which is one of the best songs on the greatest sailing records of all time. Right. And you didn't make a dime. What are you, crazy? So that's how Eddie V was. He was just a, a true just guitar player. You know, yeah, I, I miss it. It's a shame. You know, that that smile that he always played with. I mean, I think it, that's, right. that's just, you know, that's indicative of, you know, like, it, the joy, the joy associated with creating, um, you know, he didn't need sound exchange royalties for the, you know, uh, the performance on that mega track. I mean, he, he was taking joy from playing every single second. Right. So he really loved the guitar. So, I, 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 you know, ironic you know, I quit smoking, you know, 25 years ago. Maybe he should have quit a little earlier, too. Right. Because that's basically what they kind of took him out, I think. Yeah, yeah. He he actually was, uh, he battled it a long time. I think it wasn't like six or eight years. Ten he, years. Ten, ten years. years, yeah. So Yeah, so it's a shame. So, yeah. but, uh, so we'll miss him. Yeah. So, anybody else? What was well, else the, going the, on this great, the, the great thing about um, music is that, you know, all, the, all these people are going to come and go in our lives, but uh, the music they make is, it's immortal, you know, for. It's funny you bring that up because I, I heard something from, again, Howard Stern, you know, knew him and talked about, everyone talked about him. Howard Stern said, you know, sure, his music is still around, so we still have his tapes and his records and his videos, and but where does the talent go? Like, this guy was a virtuoso, <laughs> where does that go? Yeah, you know, is it is it is it gone? You know, I know it sounds absurd. You know what I'm saying? Well, but where think, does yeah, that go? I think you're talking about the idea that I mean, a lot of people consider themselves just like channeling, right? Uh, uh, the creativity, uh, you know, and it's kind of available to to anybody if you want to put the work in. And so, yeah, there there's a school of thought that says that all artistic um, endeavors, you're basically just channeling something much bigger than yourself. And um, so maybe it goes back into the pool, right? Uh, well, that's, how I, that's how I feel. Like I, I, I've talked, we've talked about this, you and I, Greg, yeah. I don't feel that I write songs or written anything. You know, I have some great lines that I feel are, you know, that have come out of me. Just, I feel I'm basically just the editor. Yep. You're getting, they're given to you. Right. Yeah. I don't sit and think yeah. this line. Oh, it's like this line. That's great. I'll keep that. My job is just, Oh, this is a good line. Let's write that down. As opposed to that, that's things Let's go on. Yeah. So basically I'm just kind of the editor or the gatekeeper of the ideas. Why they choose me to come through. I don't know, but. And that's how, that's how we listen too. I mean, if we, our proclivity is to basically, you know, when somebody throws one of those lines out there that's like different and it, it feels universal, it's like, ooh, you know, I mean, it's like 
I love hearing those lines. You mentioned it in the first first line of um, that Pilcher track, Logan's music, and, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all part of it. And you know, it's, well, well, it's funny. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm I'm babbling today. I'm sorry, but. No, I don't. I don't. I don't constantly write songs that much anymore as I used to. I used to like that was my thing. I don't write as much these days. But one thing I still do, I guess, because I am a songwriter, I think in song lyrics. Whenever I hear a line, whenever I hear a word, a phrase, oh, that'd be a good title. That'd be a great line. That you know. Yeah. So I just think in those terms. Yeah. You know. You know. When people speak. You know. And to me, the greatest lines for me have been things just people have said. You know. They're the most. You know you know, poetic or the most poignant lines and songs I've written have really just been things I've said or that people have said. It hasn't been like this, you know, Shakespearean type of like, you know, poetry. It's more like right. just something that someone says that just sounds honest. And I don't know. And I don't, I don't key so much on the words or the lines, although I love a, an amazing line, you know, with conservation of words and that kind of thing. But what I key on is the metaphor. You know, I mean, that's, that's such a huge vehicle for songwriting. Uh, and, um, you know, in in my other life, uh, I do some work with uh, addicts at a drug and alcohol rehab facility. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to find and see and experience metaphor because it's a really great way when you're trying to ask somebody to change their perception of the world. Uh, if you can give them a good metaphor, you know, you see the light bulbs go on, you know, so. You know, I've always wondered, Greg, exactly what is a metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know uh, about metas, but what is a metaphor? <laughs> I'm trying to be all. Greg's trying to be all I'm trying to be Now, when you edit this episode, I think it might be funny if you do put like kind of a. A, a drum beat there when you're you know that, that if you'll put that in after you said what is a after you say what is a metaphor so well, how are you doing nicole you saw you heard you got coming down with a cold yeah i mean it's been a crazy week i have uh traveled to maryland to babysit my beautiful niece and i traveled with my daughter and then uh course all the little kids get sickies and then i get sick so it's been it's been fun um this is truly an east coast podcast recording because like we're talking Mer tennessee maryland, maryland and new york, and new york. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah oh, and, yeah and my wife and daughter are in boston right now oh wow yeah so well they started when they started to move home yeah. you know yeah it's like we won't go into it no actually um Enough of this Southern guy. You know, well, so, so technically, and the reason I'm up here this week is, and I think Greg, they're probably there. It's Well, maybe not, but it's fall break in Tennessee, which apparently is not a thing up north. Like I right. remember we didn't right. get the middle of October off at all in school. So this is a new thing for us since we moved to Tennessee is you get a fall break like right smack dab in the middle of October. Well, my wife is from New England, and what's so odd about it is that she's gone there so infrequently through the years that um, they decided just to take a few days and go up and they drive chi or, chill. Or? No, they they flew because my daughter is a, a, a flight attendant, and she even though she's furloughed, they she still was she was recently 
furloughed, but uh, yeah, she still has benefits. So, so they, they went up just on a whim, but what was funny was that it didn't even occur to my wife that this is like peak leaf peaker stuff, you know, uh, foliage. Yeah. Yeah. So um, foliage, 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 (laughs) foliage. I'm I'm here. I'm back here in Tennessee dealing with the foliage <laughs> and spoilage. <laughs> Tomorrow's Columbus Day, by the way, which um, is not a holiday in Tennessee or in Maryland. So, really, yeah. Well, my so, little no, my, it's not. Columbus Day is a national holiday. No, it's a my, state by state holiday. My my really? little my mm-hmm. my pad. I just pulled up the calendar. And it says it's Indigenous, Indigenous People People's Day. Day. Yep, they changed that a couple of years ago. Now, for as much as I dislike this kind of um, all this kind of uh, semantics, uh, semantic, right. uh, what do they call it? Um, political correctness. Yeah, as much as I dislike that, I think I will I will uh, approve the Indigenous People Day because evidently, uh, old Columbus there, not. A nice guy. So, well, I never knew him personally, but uh, yeah, I mean, right. back, I mean, back in the day, back in the day, well, on that note, what you hear another tune? I was gonna say, yeah, do you want to hear another tune from Logan? Let's hear another one. This this one's kind of more upbeat, it's kind of cool. I, I like this guy. He's again, you know, one thing I love most about artists is, is their authenticity and their abilities just kind of seem real to me and doesn't don't seem over affected. And, and this guy comes across that way to me. Yeah. We were really, uh, we, we talked a couple of times, um, talked a couple of times about the, uh, the idea that, you know, uh, uh, an artist's confidence, you know, cause sometimes kind of comes through and you can right. hear it on the track. I hear that with Logan. Uh, yeah, I, he, I really he, like his voice. He believes what he's doing. And he's, yeah. and his wordplay is cool. His metaphors that you say are cool. Yeah. Anyway, this tune is called Find It Again. Let's check it out. The house that I grew up in is no longer worth living in, they say So they'll tear it down My friends have all moved away, so have I But whenever I come to town It seems so damn great And I know that I'm prone just to wonder And will I ever find my way? We all learn to swim just to go under And I can't decide which road to take Makes me wanna know What was Find it again I 
kids take our place on the ball fields and city streets they don't know this used to be our town and the old trails that we once made with our dirt bikes and reckless games they're gone just like our dreams and I know that I'm prone just to wonder And will I ever find my way We all learn to swim just to go under I can't decide which road to take God, I wanna know Again, it's funny. I was—I mean, I just got over to finish this book. I bring it up a lot about Laurel Canyon in the seventies, mm-hmm. like around Joni Mitchell days, and how it became like it kind of became like the the London of the sixties was Laurel Canyon of, of the seventies. Uh, That's where Neil Young, Crosby, and Nash, the Birds, all that kind of stuff, all that Eagles, all that Jackson Brown, all that seventies rock came out of. This kind of reminds me of, of that era. You know, um, which I love about a lot of new artists we're finding that they're, you know, they're so reminiscent of, you know, yonder, what is it, yesterdays or yonder Yesterdays. Yesteryears. Yesteryears, whatever. But they're, they're, yeah, so it's keeping that whole music alive. It's it's wonderful, I think. So, um, well, just yeah. like we just like we said in the last episode, which we won't go back into, but like everything old does at some point become new again. So you're having a whole new generation who at literally their fingertips can go and Google a sound or a vibe or something like that and find something that's relatable from back in the day. And figure out how to make it new and 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 kind of bring it into this twenty into the this is the twenty first century. I'm walking down the street probably a month ago, right? I'm on uh, I'm walking down ninety sixth Street. I'm going to uh, Central Park, and in front of me are these two, you know, probably junior high school girls. I'd say fourteen, thirteen, right? And they're talking and they're talking loud because they're they're young and they just they don't care. And I'm listening to what they're saying. And the one girl says to the other girl, he goes, yeah, I love that single, you know, but, but did you know, on the flip side is I am the walrus. And 
they're talking about hello goodbye the single by the Beatles and they go but the way they were saying it, like it's like the new song that is discovered mm. it was amazing like how do these 13 year old girls know about that the way they say it and the flip side yeah is did, I'm the wars it's really cool it's, it's um it's it's shocking that they actually knew the term flip side right well yeah but I guess it's I, I imagine for me, like that, it's, it's their family or their uncles or somebody or their parents right. are probably, you know, you know, influencing them. But yeah, a lot of young people still like, you know, you know, I see kids with Aussie shirts on that they're 14, the Metallica, you know, they're into like, you know, Jethro Tull. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Well, Where gosh, know we, this stuff. So called we Google. Have- <laughs> yeah, but but you, but 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 you don't you don't just Google this stuff. But you have to be had have to been had turned on to well, it at some point. It, it may be something where maybe like their parents or grandparents had it on in the background and they thought it was cool, and maybe they Shazam the song. Hey, don't don't take then... their grandparents. Well, you never know. <laughs> That's how I mean. Maybe I'm... their great grandfather <laughs> had it on before. <laughs> 78 RPM. You never know. I mean, but I'm just saying like parents. Yeah, because that's my music. I'm not a grandfather. I was, uh, I was, I've been, um, I've been thinking a little, I guess I've been maybe a little too introspective this, this week, but. Because you're uh, alone in the house. Uh, yeah, well, uh, no, and they've you're, only, you're, they've you're only been gone the, 20. I was going to say, you're looking at all the foliage. They, they, <laughs> foliage. They, they've, um, they've only been gone 24 hours and. You know, I had a big, big ba- party. I had a big bachelor weekend uh, planned, and um, first thing I proceeded to do was lose the remote for the television. So <laughs> that screwed me over. I'm still looking for it. Uh, it's stuck on channel 14. You know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just such a. I, I just I need help. I need professional help because I went to Walmart and I thought, okay, well, I'll cook something. And I don't, I don't spend a lot of time by myself. I spend a lot of time alone. So I left the Walmart with the ingredients for what I was going to cook. And the big reveal was that I was going to spend the next six hours. I bought a DVD of four Don Knotts movies. How how sad is that? That was going to be is my it, is big it, is it Mr. bachelor Olympic? weekend. Was that one of them? No, it was Shakiest Gun in the West, The Reluctant Astronaut, uh, The Love God, and... Um, uh, oh, it was one of those DVDs, little four-in-one? Yeah, exactly. And so I thought to 9.99 myself... 9 at the checkout stand? I was standing <laughs> at the checkout thinking, and I was looking at my ingredients to make my little dinner, and then the, you know, the just just the fabulous nature of what i had planned for the evening which was don knott's movies but so you lost remote to the dvr (laughs) yeah that's the first thing i did yeah so uh but i've been thinking about um how surreal things are currently and i've been thinking i've been thinking about uh and when this thing happened with eddie van halen and and I, i was thinking to myself you know what if all this craziness, what if all this, what if the surreal nature of what's going on right now is actually just renewal? And um, I was talking to somebody last night after uh, after one of the Don Knotts films, and we were, we were having a long conversation, and he said, uh, I asked what his son was doing. And after one of the Don Knotts uh, yeah, films. yeah. <laughs> I was started to have an intense, coming intense off, conversation coming off the high of one of the Don Knotts movies. Uh, and uh, I said, so what's your son doing? I said, cause he's a, he's a, a burgeoning uh, a musician, you know, and it's 
tough for people out there right now. And he said, he's come up with a scheme that's working. I said, what's that? And he said, well, he's getting, he's finding really great uh, guitars online. He's buying them. Uh, he's uh, doing whatever, you know, light restoration is um, needed. Uh, and if he gets them on a good deal, he's flipping them. So with every guitar that comes into his life now, um, he gets the pleasure of, of, of using it a, a while. And then he will double or triple his money based on the fact that, you know, it's his passion and he knows what to buy. And I thought to myself, you know, that's interesting, you know, so over the course of a week, he can probably make a couple thousand bucks. He's still practicing, practicing his, you know, his creative endeavor and he's still immersed in what he's passionate about, but he, yet he's also making money at it. And I thought, and, and he mentioned this one guitar that he purchased for $2,500, which is a lot of money. And he said, you know, the guitar is worth four or 5,000 bucks. So he's got somebody on the line to pay him $5,000 for this guitar that he purchased. So then I thought, well, that's a pretty positive thing because that means that there's somebody out there part of this renewal of spirit of creative work that is willing to step up and pay $5,000 for a damn guitar. So I think it's a big cycle. And hopefully if we focus on the renewal and we focus on the positive aspects of what this shit show has become, you know, maybe we'll get through it. Well, I think you said it a couple episodes before, but like there really is, this is like the time to kind of look in and see where, like what's going on in your life. What do you want to change? And if you don't want to change anything, what else do you want to do? Is there some, is there a hobby you want to start uptaking? Is there something you've always felt drawn to, but never had the time to do it? So uh, this, that's kind of like the, the flip side of what's going on now is there's a lot of crappy stuff going on, but there's also so much good stuff that's coming from it. But people are discovering things and things are new and there there is rebirth, there's renewal. I was listening to the radio the other day and it was so surreal. So uh, there was a, um, a, a movie review and uh, the, the critic was, you know, saying how great this movie was. And at the end of the review, they said, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be released to a streaming service. And uh, it, it'll be coming to a drive-in near you. And I thought to myself, my word, I have not heard that sentence in about 40 years, right? Coming to a drive-in near you. I mean, it hasn't been a, but a few years ago that drive-ins were dying, you know, and you had to drive an hour or two to get to one to have your kids experience what that was like back in the day. Thank Thank you. That was pretty good, Carl. <laughs> Do you actually want to know a fun story from me about drive-ins? When Kenzie was first born, my husband and I were so desperate just to get out of the house for a little bit. So we actually ended up taking her at three weeks old to go see the new Jurassic Park movie at the drive-in because it's the only it's it's open. We could get out and walk a little bit. This is obviously before pre-COVID and whatnot, but. Right. 
She was three weeks old when she went to her first drive-in movie. Now, what we didn't realize is that all of the smokers also go to the drive-in movie, so it was very short-lived. But it was. It, it, <laughs> I personally remember growing up that that was like the thing you did in like the spring and the summer. You would yeah. go to the drive-in and you would go see this movie. I remember, and whatnot. When you had to put the thing in the wind in the window. I did not know. I, I yeah, grew up speaker, in a little right. bit, a little and, bit yeah. younger generation. No. It used to be when it first used to go. You have to go and you drive in and you go pull up next to the pole. And there's that little speaker, and, you, and it clips on the window, and, and it's this cheesy sound. It was horrible. It was awesome. Then they got, re- then they got real fancy with mono, AM radio. Mono, you know? yeah, yeah. Then they did uh, uh, that those uh, those little networks of FM transmitters, low power FM transmitters. That was so great. Yeah. So you what know, you could do? So what we did, like there was one called Sunrise, you know, Drive In. It's famous. It's in the movie Lords of Flatbush, you know, with. Uh, Henry Winkler and Sylvester Stallone. It's from Green Acres, Long Island, and Valley Stream. Anyway, it's Sunrise Highway driving. And we used to sit outside, you know, on top of our car over the fence and tune in the radio. And you could see the movie for free because you can get on the radio and you can, if you have binoculars, you right. can just watch the movie. Nice. All right. I think, I think this is a good episode. Anything else anybody want to say? About 30 minutes ago, before we started this, I was running an errand and the check engine light came on my phone or on my uh, on, phone. on my car, on my car. The one in the, one in the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, so now uh, that has ruined my afternoon. Um, so now hey, I've got to find nothing. the remote. Yeah. I've got to find the remote goes- and I've got to, and I've got to get that check engine light off. Do you have any hey. more, do you have any more movies to watch or did you get through all four? Um, I'm. I've seen Ghost and Mr. Chicken about two hundred times. Well, to times, me, Mr. So. Limpet is is is, is the yeah, quintessential. May, maybe I'll get that one. <laughs> Mr. Limpet where he becomes a fish and, and works for the Navy, right? I had actually not seen Love God, and it's not very good. Well, he's a one note pony. I love I love him, but he's just Barney Fife and everything he does. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but anyway, tonight we're going to end with a another song from. Uh, Logan. Logan yeah, we're yeah. gonna I'm gonna take you guys out of the episode and then Logan's gonna take you guys all the way to the end. It sounds good. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. For all of the show notes and links to any of the things that we have discussed throughout this episode, you can go to the uh, website 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y.com. To take you out of this episode, Logan Pilcher's single Louise is what you'll be hearing in your ears. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. We danced like our first time Louise, look in my eyes With you, I'm always young Louise, you're my only one I see past your wrinkles and scars I know who you are You're stuck by me and you won't let me go Louise, 
Sit tight, I'll be right back. You know, just where I'm at. And when I close my eyes, you're always there by my side. Past your wrinkles and scars, I know who you are. You stuck by me and you won't let me go, Louise. I love you so. Look in my 